Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Gray's Academy. I'm Kelsey. And I am Carmen, and it is a beautiful day to podcast. Also, <laughs> that was that was very funny to watch. So we have this behind the curtain real quick. We have <laughs> we have this little countdown button. Uh, and I started a countdown right as Kelsey was like right to was there was there a fuzz on your microphone? There was like a hair on my microphone and it was poking me right in my face. And I like leaned over to get a good angle to try and find it right when he did that. So I was trying to accomplish it before the three, two, one ended. Yeah, you have so. th- three seconds. Nothing is more pressure than you have three, two, one action. And it's just like your whole life flashes before your eyes. It is exactly like that. Yes, uh, but anyways. Speaking of lives, <laughs> <laughs> what a transition, am I right? That was good, okay. great A. Okay, so today we are talking about episode seven. Carmen, what's the title of this episode? The title of this episode is The Self-Destruct Button, which is a song by Dana Monteith. Correct, and you listened to it? I did, I didn't like this one either. I didn't listen to it, so you'll have to tell me about it. I'm so, not familiar. It's like, it, it just, okay, no disrespect to any Dana Monteith fans out there. <laughs> um, just, it, it, it's, like a, it's like a folky, it's like, you know the Lumineers? It's I, like, yes, I do. It's like what I imagine the Lumineers were before they got signed, and they're just like down in a basement with a mm. folksy kind of sound. There's a river out back, and they're just recording in someone's basement. Was there a date? On when this song came out? Uh, before 2005. Well, or in 2005. <laughs> <laughs> or in 2005. Um, so I will say, so I, I listened to the song and then I went back and I reread the lyrics mm-hmm. after the episode. And I'm not going to spoil anything, but I will say the song was not good. Okay. But I do think that the the song is relevant, especially... As you go through, and I do feel that there are a lot of self-destructive tendencies that Meredith, George, and Iz- Izzy all display in this episode. And also so. some patience. And some patience. Yes. No spoilers. No spoilies, but there's some idiots in this one. Yeah. So, but, uh, you know, I, I don't know if I'm starting to see a theme, but I definitely do appreciate the... Uh, I, I, I would love to have this person's job, right? Like, hey, you're going to title the episode of this TV show with... How many viewers this this episode, Kelsey? Um, eighteen point eight six million views. Is that their most to date? Um, I know. I think there was one that was like nineteen, but it's definitely lingering around the highest so far. Yeah, that was good. Anyways, that's all in my soapbox when it comes to the the song. So I'm also confused because I got on the Google to find out when that song was released, and the Google says two thousand seven, which does not track. <laughs> so. But Unless I we have the other, wrong, I couldn't find any other songs with this name. Like when I when I searched it, and then I went to a couple different Grey's Anatomy specific sites, um, and they all said it was this one. So if we're wrong, tell us. Let us know. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, if we're wrong, then we will tell you back. <laughs> but if we're right, we leave us celebrate. a five star review. <laughs> Even if we're wrong, you should do that. Yeah, five star um, reviews all around. <laughs> Okay, so this episode was written by Kip Koenig, who has written a total of three Grey's Anatomy episodes, but has been a consulting and supervising producer for dozens of episodes over the course of the seasons. So, he is a Grey's regular. Um, Now, it was directed by Darnell Martin, who, when I googled, I found out is a female. I had assumed differently based on the name, which was my fault. I shouldn't do that. You are named Carmen and you are a man. So that's what I get. You'd think I would learn. Yeah. But Darnell is, I, Darnell I, I would is, be right there with you. Yeah. It's not, is it unisex? I, I mean, I guess it for is. This, for this lady, it is. I mean, any name is unisex because you can give any person any name. I imagine just being never experienced a, it. <laughs> imagine being a woman named Adam. Right? It probably exists at this point. Who oh, knows? Goodness gracious. People be Anyways. wilded with these names. Um, so Darnell Martin has directed notably Law and Order, Walking Dead, and Grey's Anatomy. Um, she's also done several short films. So she's very nice. More in the in the film industry now than the television game. Um, so this one aired May eighth, two thousand five. Um, so yeah. 
that's that's what I had on the behind the scenes info. I love it. That's good um, info. Thanks. So this one started with another previously on. Did you watch the previously on? Oh yeah, I don't want to skip it. I uh, yeah. Well, I was trying I to, to watch it because I was I was trying to like figure out what it is they want people to remember, right? Like, what are they trying to remind us of? So I was like, okay, George is into Meredith. Obviously, that's a big one. Bailey's mad. Christina and Burke are banging. And maybe the Alex isn't terrible. Kind of sprinkled in. Yeah. Yeah. The the, the thing that stood out to me in the uh, the recap was the Bailey and Meredith interaction, which right. they did circle back to, which is good. Yes. But so far, I don't think that we've been left on enough of a cliffhanger at any episode, really, to warrant like a really groundbreaking recap right and i think maybe potentially because this is again 2005 so we're pre hulu but in the middle of tivo times maybe so per chance they're just doing it because they're getting more people to watch and like maybe people are just starting on episodes and having missed so this was a time maybe previously on so we're just more important because you just had to go to work if you missed it and say, Carmen, what happened on Grey's Anatomy? And, and maybe Carmen fills you in, but he forgets something. So then they've got the previously on to, to let you know. Yeah. And, and unfortunately, there were no Grey's Academy podcasts Truly. to catch you up on Grey's Anatomy back in 2005, which is our fault. We'll take blame for that one. Yes. Although we're not catching you up on current Grey's Anatomy now. So, <laughs> so we're 18 seasons behind. <laughs> in, in eight years, if you stick with us, we will get there. <laughs> We promise. <laughs> we'll be here right with you. Um, okay, so do you want to start? Yeah, I could start. Um, also, so so this episode, I, I had to, I, I pause, right? So, like, I'm typing notes, and if there's something that's, like, I could get it done in a quick second, I'll just type it out. But there right. were a lot of times in this episode where I had to pause because my feelings or my typing was so strong. Okay. Um, I like so that. I will make sure to try to point out some of those moments because there was at least three of them where I was like, no, I got to pause this shit. <laughs> I got to so. I got to let this one sit. Yes. Yes. Oh, wait. Uh, I, wait. I almost forgot to read the Netflix synopsis. I'm oh, so you know, sorry. I was going to remind you and I almost forgot so because it, it was smooth. Luckily, Go, I yeah. have it pulled up staring at me and somehow still forgot. <laughs> um, Do okay, it. So the Netflix synopsis for this one is Derek and Meredith try to be discreet after spending the night together at her house. That's it. That's the first minute of the episode. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's the summary of the entire 42-minute episode. Can you imagine also that person's job? Anyways. Uh, <laughs> so the first note that I have uh, is uh, is literally a recap. Something big is coming. And then, you know, it really didn't. But yeah. anyways, uh, so the first thing I love, I love that... Uh, Izzy said, it's not just the job that keeps you up. Or no, no, she said, it's not just the job that keeps you up all night. That was Meredith's uh, inner monologue. Yeah. So I, again, this is the exact same scene from the first episode. It's her and Derek smushing booties, having sex, which is great. Uh, Really drew me in. Did you you have a note for that right off the bat, too? Did that really just stand out to you? Yeah, I wrote, Meredith and Derek are having all night long sexuals. Yeah. I, I also wrote down, have you ever had a roommate that, that was that loud at having sex? And if not, does that automatically make you the roommate that was loud at having sex all night? I have had roommates who have sex very loudly, but luckily it was not all night long. Honestly, most of them were typically daytime situations. Mm, a little afternoon delight. Yeah, like you got to do, you know, to get through college. Yeah, yeah. I was trying to think of that. I I don't think I've ever had roommates that I was the one that you I I heard them having sex. So I just assumed that that makes me the bad guy in the scenario. But um, oh wait, hold on. I jumped ahead a little bit. Uh, but I like that when they're in the the coed locker room. Yeah, again. I didn't make note of that. Now it was like <laughs> because you said it last time. I'm like now every time they're there, I'm just gonna think ew. <laughs> Well, it looks like the showers may be separate, but the locker room, they, they come together, which yeah, is not and great. In the one where Izzy, where Alex had put the posters everywhere, she goes into what looks like a cl- separate closed off, maybe a bathroom. I don't know. Whatever works, I guess. But then Alex says something about the, someone talks about the sex life and then Alex says, don't embrace it, share it. And I was like, nice. Yeah, totally. 
Yeah. Well, also, Christina, we get there. Okay, first of all, George and Izzy know. We yeah, I, I, I just, sorry, know. I was just going through my notes. I'm sorry, you, <laughs> sorry. you, you got to stop me. I'm just like no, going no, through notes. Okay. Thank you for thank you for bringing this back. That scene so, was all very funny. George and Izzy know. George has his feelings hurt, but Izzy's just mad. Um, and then Meredith just lies to their face, which maybe I for a second I was like, okay, that's worth being mad about. But that's really not why she's mad. She's not mad that she's lying. She's mad that she's specifically having sex with that specific person. Right. Um, so then they get to the hospital. Alex ran there. I don't know what the point of that storyline was. He's a runner, I guess. I don't know. Um, Christina's sick. She has the flu. Or does she? Oh. <laughs> Foreshadowing. Um, and then I wrote, I still love Miranda Bailey. Who knows why? Who knows what well, she said? Something. Well, great. she was she was doing an intense rundown uh, of all the stuff, and you could tell that she was clearly being an a hole to Meredith on purpose yeah. because she's throwing oh, all the it numbers. Was, it was when Meredith was reading everything back to her, and she goes, "Why are you still standing in front of me?" Yes, yes. I don't know how I feel about that. That's well, that I feel like wasn't really specific to the situation. That that I feel like is just how she has been up to this point i don't think that specific comment or her telling her all those things to do was specific to the Derek situation personally I maybe don't think it was. maybe because of the recap i was sensitive right. to yeah. thinking oh everything that she's doing is just a, mean. a hoop to jump through right yeah um okay so then we get we go down to the emergency room with meredith to meet this 17 year old girl her name is claire yes who is having some abdominal pain and clearly a large amount of anxiety because she is just biting her nails ripping the skin off of her nails the mother i wrote this mother is a nightmare oh yeah is what a hellish human being like Ugh, Total garbage. That is not how you treat someone, especially your child. Jesus. Well, I so my initial guesses were that she was anorexic or pregnant or she mm-hmm. had something that was OCD that was causing her to bite the nails. I didn't get that she was nervous at the time, but I did think that there was some sort of sickness there. Um, but it makes sense, though, with, with the nerves, with what we yeah. find out later on. Um, okay, so she... Then we see, we meet our friend Digby. Little Digby. Um, I wrote, casually scheduled a gunshot. Because he's at the counter saying, I have an appointment. And then, he's, and then you know, he explains to Alex, well, I asked my friend to shoot me. Because I like a scar. Whatever. Christina and Alex are there. They wheel him to wherever they wheel him. And I wrote, gunshot man is a little bit very dumb. Because a little bit incredibly dumb. So dumb. I, the most dumb. I appreciate a lot about his character, but I don't appreciate the scheduling of the gunshot or being saying, you know, oh, pain is my ethos over and over again. <laughs> my ethos is pumpkin pie. That's my ethos. <laughs> there you go. Mine is Oreos. Um, Christmas Oreos. Specifically. Oreos and naps. <laughs> um, so, okay, real quick. I, I want to shout two things out. Number one. I'm just so glad. So this, I, I write all my notes, but I don't exactly remember the physical flow of the show. So, Kelsey, you're just so great. So thank you for oh, thank you know you. giving the the listeners uh, a cohesive thought, and then I'll just come in with just babble consciousness, which is all I have here. Well, uh, I feel like I don't write enough notes sometimes. So sometimes you remember a little more clearly, and it can jog my memory of to what my note means. So it's a good it's a good team effort over here. Yes, I feel really good about it. Uh, and then also I wrote, um, that was a lot to happen all before the right, like, little yeah, opening montage. The thing came up and almost right as the same second I said, I thought to myself, did I miss it? Yeah. <laughs> did I accidentally hit skip intro? And then it came on and I said, oh, no, I didn't. So yeah, it was, it was several minutes in. Let's recap. Uh, George and Izzy find out that McDreamy is the one. together. Yep. Then Alex runs to work, and then uh, Claire has some sort of thing with her stomach in a, you know, hell parent situation, and then uh, Digby got shot. 
that's on that's purpose. a lot to yeah. like what th- five minutes that's a lot yeah yeah that's definitely a longer time before the before the the intro drop for sure um, and only like literally so many of those things 75 percent of those things were not covered in the synapses yeah correct <laughs> um okay so uh okay we so we learn a little girl. bit more about alex because he's him and digby are bonding oh that's right that's right and we find out alex is a wrestler he's from iowa they connect it's this is a good episode for alex very good connection not a lot of assholery a little bit of annoying like bro quote-unquote time um like anytime he walks up on them and they're talking about sex you know he has to have one of those bro comments but other than that he's definitely definitely making a turn on his character uh i think this is a big episode for him but we'll get more into that um and then we go back to claire and she she admits that she had a surgery. She admits to Meredith that she had a surgery. And uh, at that point, did you have a guess? Or did you still think? Because it was multiple times that they introduced the concept of she's done something before they actually say what it is. I, okay, so I don't know a ton of surgeries that you could have that are in your abdomen Fair. area. Uh, I thought either she had, like, a really just invasive abortion across yeah. the border uh but then i also thought okay the so coincidentally gastric bypass did actually come to come to mind because i know people that have had like lap band surgeries right, and right. things like that uh so that makes sense to me the the thing that didn't cross my mind was until later on was how does she pay for it and number two i didn't realize um I thought that she was just 18 with her parents. So I, did, I for some reason, thought that there was going to be some sort of co- uh, patient-doctor confidentiality right. that was going to come into play, which was not the case. Uh, right. So I, I misread that situation a little bit. Um, yes. So I I think definitely the assumption, I think, for most people would probably be botched abortion. And that's what Bailey says later on when, when Meredith is telling her about it. So I think that would definitely be a reasonable assumption. Uh, and then, oh... We go and we meet that precious little girl. She was cute. Oh, that is so a cute, cute kid. That is what I wrote. That is a cute kid. Um, and she's having a leg twitch. And the parents, they say, uh, oh, we took her to county or whatever, which I think the implication is they live further out. They don't live in the city. And so it was kind of a trek for them to bring her all the way in. Um, and yes. And then George is mad because he has to get involved and go talk to Derek. And he's mad well, because he wants yes. to sleep with Meredith. And then, so I like, uh, they're like, is he good? And George is like, at just about everything. Uh, God, <laughs> shut up, George. Let yeah, him. what a stupid a-hole. Jesus uh, but, you know, you're a, you're the mother of a daughter. I, am, I have a daughter on the way. So that episode, I was really, I was so nervous that that kid was going to die. I knew she didn't die, obviously, because I've seen it before. But I was definitely like hyper in invested and very like I was having a lot of anxiety watching especially later when she's in the surgery and she's like waking up I was like I will yeah fight. no spoilers I will on that one fight this man <laughs> that was one of the scenes that I had to pause which we will get to yeah, in a moment bad news bears over, over uh, for me was this the first time you watched this episode since having Oh, yeah, this is so a lot of times now, because there are so many seasons, uh, I don't go back past a certain point for reasons like that we'll get into when we get into them. Um, (laughs) Okay. so I haven't watched the first season in a very long time for sure. So uh, I just love that everyone gets to come on this journey with us. Yeah. Um. Okay, so then Christina and Burke are talking in the hallway. Burke is concerned that she's sick. He's like, wants her to go home. She goes, you go home. <laughs> I just love her so much. Well, and then he, she... he goes to like take his own. He's like, oh, I'm fine. And then he goes to take his own po- pulse. Like, maybe I'm not <laughs> fine. So funny. Well, she said, you did this to me. Like, you got me sick. And he's, and he's perfectly fine. Mm, yeah. Obviously, you see things later on. but I mean, technically, uh, she's not wrong. She's not wrong. But like... You don't tell someone who's like totally fine. Like you, you got me sick. Like what do you mean? <laughs> I'm to I, I don't even have the uh, sniffles. I love her. Um, oh. 
So there then, was a nice. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna say there was a nice moment shortly after that with with Burke and Alex with uh, Digby. Mm-hmm. I I liked it. I liked the I liked oh, the, when, their bonding moment. And when Burke has like known him, he's met him before for the same reason, basically. Yeah. And he says, "You stop coming in," and they there's an exchange to imply that they've had. Uh, a working relationship prior to this. <laughs> a working relationship. Yeah, it's nice. Well, then you, you start to see, I don't know. Again, like you said, this is a good episode for Alex. I think that that was a good moment of like, hey, my my boss gets to see me connecting with this guest, right. which is with, yeah. or this patient, right? Um, from my hometown, which is kind of yeah. cool. But and then anyways. he says something and <laughs> Burke just shoots him a look. That's like, you don't be dumb like this guy. And Alex just has a smirk on his face and it just kind of... Oh, oh, right. Is that when he said pain, pain is his ethos? I don't know because Digby says something and Alex agrees and then Burke shoots him a look that's like, that's not... This, shut up. Because <laughs> he can't <laughs> tell the patient to shut up, but he can tell Alex to shut up. Uh, too funny. Um, And then, let's see, uh, Derek tells George that he needs to order a new scan or whatever, which is completely valid and George <laughs> waits till the elevator door closes and he's like, Doc, shut up. He's so annoying. Yeah, this was not a good God, episode for George. I'm not into it. There was one scene where George it. was good and then the rest of them were garbage. Yeah. Um, and so then he gets the new scans <clears throat> and that's when the anesthesiologist walks by and is drunk and the orderly is like, oh yeah, he's always drunk. He just is drunk. Yeah, not cool. What is this, house? Yeah, honestly. Um, so that's a bummer. And so then, they, so they get the new scans, blah, blah, blah. George and Dr. Shepard are there together with the family. And one I think thing, I, yeah, I, think I have jumped skipped, around. I've definitely jumped skipped, around. You skipped the scene where uh, they finally announced that Claire has that bad gastric bypass. Yeah, because I wrote, this mom is the devil. Yeah, I wrote, yo, that mom sucks ass. She, yeah. she's, she's not good. Like, okay, again, but first off, where did she get the money for a gastric bypass? Because even if you're going to illegally do it in Mexico, it's not like that's going to be cheap. That's got to be, what, a ten to $15,000 surgery minimum? Also, it's probably cheaper in 2005 in Mexico, but you think it would so? still be expensive. I would say maybe like two or three thousand. Oh my gosh, I wouldn't trust a surgery for two or three thousand dollars. Well, you shouldn't. That's why she has to come <laughs> back to the hospital. It was it was done poorly. But that mom is a that mom's a bitch. Yeah, she she's sucks. truly a terrible person. And like, then like the the dad, he's trying to be there for his daughter, and she's like, "No, are we going to have this conversation right now? Yeah, How about you go uh, fuck yourself." Honestly. It's the worst. Um, yeah, so but, she's the but worst. But then we jump back. We jump back to where you were at with uh, okay. Yeah, so George Derek and Shepard are there talking to the kid. Shepard is honestly very great with the kid, and I think it pisses George off because he wants to be mad at him, but he's doing a really good job. But I did take note; it's really annoying, and this happens a lot in this show and other a lot of other medical shows that I watch when a patient or in this case, the parents are expressing concerns about how expensive the surgery or whatever is going to be, the treatment is going to be, and they're not sure if their insurance is covered. And the doctor just goes, oh, don't worry about that right now. Well, when are they going to worry about it, bro? Like, they, it's Once it's, it's just, too late and you did it? It's all the times. So they just blow it off and never address it. It just really annoys me. It happens a lot, and I find it frustrating. Yeah, it's, it's not like... So in Scrubs... This is your episodic uh, correlation back to Scrubs. There's there's ways that these hospital hospitals can get around the insurance piece, right? Like they'll, you know, move money around, or they'll they'll like send a certain billing thing to someone else's insurance and put it under a different name, or it's under a dummy account or something like that. Like they have these workarounds, and they and you can't tell the patient that, right? But in that moment. You could have, Dr. Shepard, Shepard's pie could have said, hey, we will take care of that. Right. Like um, when they have pro bono stuff, which is basically when the doctors say, I'll just do it and don't charge me. Um, 
So, yeah, it's frustrating. It happens a lot on a lot of medical shows that I watch, and it frustrates me always. Because I have uh, similar concerns about many things in my own life when it comes to things like that. Well, just money in general. It's not yeah. an easy topic for people. Like, yeah. I don't know. Okay. And then I wrote, it's nice to see Alex connecting with a patient again, even if the guy is dumb. <laughs> and then we go back to the parents. The dad is trying to be there for the daughter, trying to step up. And the mom is just shutting it down and causing more, like literally just causing more problems. I don't understand. And this, no one ever is talking about the fact that this girl is already skinny. I don't understand. She's already skinny. And the mom's like, oh, I had to buy her size six jeans. As though size six is not skinny. Yeah, I don't know know a lot about women's sizing, but size six. What would you say? It's garbage, first of all, but it's size six is small. And that girl is small. Yeah, I just, nothing about that girl screamed to me that she has like she's obese or she needs this kind of at all animalistic just relentless treatment from her mom also yeah Uh, it seems like that's all her mom focuses on like if that's what she did then her mom has never done any acknowledge anything else she's accomplished because the dad's over here saying she gets a's she's 17 and she's in college which to me implies that maybe she skipped a grade or is ahead a little bit at least and she's getting a's i mean for crying out loud yeah, cut the girl some slack here. What does if, it matter if she is overweight? That's just, there's so much more to a human being than yeah. their weight. And also, if if your kid decides to go to Mexico to do a surgery, you gotta be like, okay, why? Right? Yes, First off, this woman why? has no self-awareness. No. Look in the mirror. It's straight you- up solely her fault. 100%. This isn't one of those things when you're like, oh, a little influence. I shouldn't have said this one thing. No, no. This is 100% your fault. No one else is to blame. Only you. At all. That's Maybe it. the dad for not stepping in earlier, but clearly she makes it difficult for him. Yeah. Also, if that was my relationship, I'm divorcing that woman. I'm leaving well, I, that I'm woman. Honestly, it's like, well, he's got to be there to protect that kid or at least try at some point. You wouldn't, you don't leave her alone with that kid. Jeez. Fight for custody. It's well, it, Okay. Hold on. It'd only be like, what? You have to imagine less than a year. You, well, you, at that point. Yeah. But at, at that, that point, point, this point, the damage has clearly been done. Clearly been done. It's uh, just, it's a terrible situation. Be nice to your kids. Don't body yeah, shame it's, people. It's not hard. Don't body shame anyone. Like, exactly. be there for them. Then okay. we have that, that funny fucking key guy. Oh, my God. I don't like that guy. Or that I don't girl. like I either hate, of I those people. I hate them, too. Like, yeah. it's, it's not even as though I'm, I should be on one side or the other. I'm, I just think maybe they should be together. They're both awful. Yeah, when she yells that he... So, okay, first off, I, I thought that it was a key. A Not single keys. key? No, it's her keys. Her keys? Yeah. What an... Okay. There's a <laughs> lot of things that I... I paused. This is one of the moments that I paused because I wrote, what a dumb fucking moron. Yeah. Correct. And she said that he is the king of passive aggressive, but she's no angel. Right. And I'm like, that's that specific action of swallowing the keys isn't even passive aggressive. It's not passive at all. You took her keys and swallowed them. That is active. That's not passive. And then, but she was talking about how he called her therapist, pretending to be his therapist to ask what she said <laughs> about him. But I don't, I still don't think a therapist would share that. Even if that, even if you did that, I mean, I don't know. If you're I a don't therapist, know let me know what the rules are on that. I mean, it, you could do it. You could call someone's therapist saying that you're their therapist and ask for the information, but that doesn't mean you're going to get it. Correct. That's what I'm saying. I don't know. Even if you were and could verify that, I don't know if they would share that information. <laughs> I hope not. Um, anyways, those people suck. So then we're back to the precious little girl. Um, and they're just going to take out half her brain. Half casual. of my child's brain Super is casual. dead. And they're just going to... I wrote, this is wild. They're just going to take out half of her brain. Just And they're just going to do it. And then it's going to be fine. Well, that sounds like a cheap surgery my insurance will definitely cover. <laughs> I mean... First of all, he's looking at the scan. Uh, all, half of her brain is dead. What? How is half of her brain dead? And her only symptom is that sometimes her leg twitches. 
Well, that's what I, I I had a hard time understanding this. And anyone who's out there who's a brain surgeon listening to this <laughs> podcast uh, while you're doing surgery, uh, <laughs> please don't. Yeah, please please pay attention. But also let us know because he said that the brain is still forming. Right. So which is all true. of. Well, yes, but she's got to be what five or six years old. No, she's two. They say it. She's two, oh, is like that two old? and a half, three. Okay, well, clearly I have no yeah, perception should, at all. Child. She could like not say a full sentence. <laughs> I, okay, that's not right. a six-year-old. I'm about to be a dad. I mean, maybe because <laughs> her brain's dead. I don't know. No, she's like two and a half or three, I think. Okay, so that makes more sense to me, I guess. I thought this was an older older child, and I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, how much, how long does it take for this brain to develop? Like my my child falls down the stairs <laughs> at the age of five and just oh no you worries, get out guys. Half your brain. <laughs> we'll get her a fresh brain. Yeah, she's got the other half still. It's fine. Um, yeah, so they basically say that they're gonna get rid of it, and then the spinal fluid that your body just produces will fill up the empty hole, and you'll just have a new brain. You might have to relearn some things, but ultimately, in the long term, everything will be completely normal and fine, which is insane. Again, and we're not doctors, so we're really just taking this show at face value and believing everything they say to us. So if this is wildly incorrect, please feel free to tell us. But I'm going to say it's true because it's very dramatic. I also, that, the, 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 the fluid thing, right? They said spinal fluid? fluid? Yeah, spinal fluid. So... I, I don't know. I don't know what, what are you, Just what? Your, your, your body, right? I'm assuming, because, you know, skin keeps things in as much as it keeps things out, right? So your spinal fluid is getting reused in your body. So what egregious amount of spinal fluid is your body okay with losing that it's okay to just fill up a fucking brain cavity? Well, I think that your body, if it is working correctly, is supposed to just produce a certain amount and stop. Because... There are things in this show later on, and also people that I know in real life, where you get a spinal tap, and then they, they drain the spinal fluid out of your spine if there's a buildup. Because sometimes your body can make too much, and then there'll be like a buildup in your spine, and it can cause issues. A lot of people that I know have had that done because they're like constant migraines, and that's one of the things they attempt to do. Because I guess it's really painful, but it's not terribly invasive. I could be wrong. Um, again, I'm not a doctor. We're going to have to put it on a t-shirt. <laughs> That's the phrase for the I'm show. Not a, I'm not a that's, doctor. That's uh, uh, at the end of, I think, uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Hard to say. Fremulon, not a doctor. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, up. yeah. You're right. Yeah? That is right there. Not, not a, a doctor. doctor. Uh, anyways. So, yes, I believe that your spine is supposed, your body just present makes this. To it to the point that you need, and then it's supposed to know to stop. So I guess if it just can keep making it, it will just fill up your brain. If it if there's an empty hole there, and then it will fill it up, and then it will stop. Hopefully, in theory, that's I guess the goal. Anyways, so that's the surgery, and then George goes to tell Christina, and then that's when Christina tells George that she knows, and George is mad, and then Izzy comes, and they all talk about it together. It's a great moment. I love it. Also, Christina buys something from the vending machine and immediately throws it away and then buys a coffee. And I just yeah, noticed I, that and thought, why? Yeah. <laughs> I, so also, um, so a couple of things. One, Christina eating a cookie is for sure a mood. <laughs> yes. That, that should be, like, describe how you're feeling. Like, anxious, that nervous. <laughs> uh, Christina eating a cookie. Um, and then, because it looked good. It looks like, like a good <laughs> it's cookie. That's a, a great cookie. <laughs> Uh, and then they're so they're all standing next to that cart. Alex looks like a, just a monster eating that donut. He's, I'm like, have you ever eaten food before? Honestly, ever. What ever. are you doing? It's just like he's he's actively. It takes more effort to eat that disgusting it's, than to just I agree. eat like because there's just cream everywhere yeah, in that it's donut. Gross. And yeah, that was that was a bit that was a bit wild. I didn't like that, but we I think we skipped over a scene where. Uh, the mom was talking about uh, the freshman 15 thing, and I'm like, damn, this Tina is a bitch. Yeah, um, she truly is. So, anyways, I just wanted to make sure I brought that note up, because freshman 15, go fuck yourself. Who cares? Honestly, yeah. It's Everything because, this woman it's says... It's called being an adult. Is, it's garbage. Yeah. Try the pandemic 40, right? <laughs> oh, good times. 2020 uh, yeah. and 2021, am I right? What a time. It's almost 2022. 100%. Okay. Wild. Um... 
Okay, and then I do want to touch on Christina is she's not really defending what Meredith's doing. She's kind of just trying to brush it off as not being a big deal. And it's not, again, it's not about Meredith. It's we know, we as an audience know that it's about her and she's just defending the action, not the specific coupling. But I thought it was interesting that she wasn't super defensive. She was really like, what do you care what she does on her in her own time? Like, she's good at her job. What does it matter how she unwinds? Yeah, it, it also, I think later on in the episode, they call her out and they're like, why aren't you more upset? Or maybe it was that scene where is that, yeah. was that the same one? Where yeah, I they think were so. like, you should be more upset, I think. Is Izzy said that or maybe George I said that? So. I don't remember who's. Yeah, no, Izzy like, says yeah. it. I can't believe you're not pissed off about this of all people. And that's when Christina says, well, she works hard. She's good at her job. Why do you care how she unwinds? She says, you like to bake all night. Others like to drink. Others like an yes. occasional screaming orgasm. And that's when Alex shows up and goes, yeah, we do. <laughs> yeah. And then shoves the donut all over his face like a wild person. Yeah. Seemingly just smashed it in his hand and then put it on his face. Didn't even, I don't know. That's that's a whole, I could do a whole podcast about that scene. Yeah. Um, so after that, we also have, I feel like Bailey is being a bit unreasonable while because they're in the surgery now right is that where they go next or is there a, ski, a scene I'm, I'm skipping because they, they transition where meredith is in the surgery with this gastric bypass fixing situation um i don't think i took any note mm, yeah i didn't take a note on that because then my next note is about when george calls out the anesthesiologist but I don't know if I just skipped the... That's the after. Okay. So that, that comes right after. So yeah. Well, when that, the thing explodes on her when after they're having the conversation. <laughs> yes. So, and then she walks into... Oh, no, that's later on. I, I don't want to skip that note because it's, that's a very funny note that I made. But <laughs> uh, Bailey, poor choice of timing to really die on this hill of you're going to make Meredith learn a lesson. Like, there's a human surgery happening right it's here. It's also... There are so many other people in that room. Oh, 100%. And later on in the series, they really get into this a lot. They have speakers and microphones that go up to the gallery where, like, everyone can watch the surgery. And so you can hear um, both ends, like, what's being said and stuff. And so, I, I mean, maybe they can turn it off or whatever, but I'm just like, everyone can hear you. I mean, maybe the, I'm not supposed to think that in this scenario. But there are a lot of other people in that room, and you, it, I'm just... There's a time. I mean, I. there's a time. But yeah. she does say half this hospital knows your business, so. Yeah, but but my thing is, like, okay, the first time she brings it up to, to Meredith, and she's like, look, I'm not going to let you just do this shit when other people are working hard and busting their asses because then I got to deal with it. Yeah. Totally. I'm on your side, 100%. Once you start, like, y you've shifted, you've, 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 drastically overcorrected and now you're just being a dick just for the point of being a dick and yeah. in the middle of that surgery was the wrong place especially then this girl's freaking insides exploded and she's got white gunk all over her no that's yep. disgusting cute and then cute. the george scene happens yes so uh yeah this one was rough because, again, we as the audience know what George is doing is the right thing. And it sucks to see it go down the way it does. Obviously, ultimately, it comes comes back around and, and it's addressed. But it sucks that, I mean, Shepard kind of questions it after he kicks George out. He, for a minute, you know, is a little bit lingering. He's like, you better be good to go. And then right. the doctor says, oh, I'm fine. I wouldn't be here. Well, well, whatever. It just sucks that as much as I do find George annoying, I 100% think he did the right thing. And it sucks that he loses out on that surgery because of it. Well, and then also, too, the, the scene, like, immediately after, everyone turns and looks at him like, oh, like, we all know, but we weren't going to say anything. And this guy's saying it. Like, yeah. That's crazy. Right. And I don't know. What would you do in that scenario? Would you think you could have that kind of boldness? Or do you think that you're like, uh, 
personally, I'm not saying anything. I don't think I would say it to that guy. I think I would say it to Dr. Shepard beforehand and maybe say something along the lines of, hey, I would bet a lot of money that he's drunk right now. And I don't feel like he should be in this position where he is very much in control of a child's life or anybody, but especially a little baby. Yeah, it's if I if it was me. I would have said, hey, Dr. Shepard, could I speak with you outside for just a quick exactly, moment? Exactly, yeah. And then be like, yo, did this this guy's drunk. This guy is trashed. Like, do you not smell it? And if you do, uh, how do you not say anything? Yeah. I would call him out in that moment. But yeah, it's 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 tough. Um, Anesthesiologists, I think, honestly, are one of the highest paid uh, medical doctors that you can be. Um, I wonder why. I think it's because truly, well, I don't know that they're the highest paid, but that when you break down a hospital bill, a lot of times the anesthesiology is what is very high. And I think honestly, more of that is because of the medical malpractice. A lot of it is if there's an issue, there can be a lot on the anesthesiologist. If you obviously wake up or don't have a correct dosage or anything. So I think there's a lot of it, um, on that because you know the hospital has to insure themselves and the doctors for medical malpractice it's a whole thing but they do get paid a lot of money but it is a very specific science because you don't want people waking up during surgery it's one of my biggest fears yeah i don't love it we get to watch later (laughs) on in this episode Uh, it's not fun before we get there, though, so the next note that I said I wanted to come back to, so they, they walk into, Meredith walks back into the, the co-ed door, locker room area, and unless there's a, again, unless there's a scene, please interrupt me I, if I jump yeah, too far. Yeah, I think we go, we see some keys. We see the key scene first. Uh, oh, yeah, go. Talk, talk about the key scene. because wrote, that's a, this relationship so. is not good at all. No, not These at all. These people suck. They both suck. It's terrible. They're just yelling at each other, and then, you know, there's a moment of panic, and you almost think, oh, these people are going to stay together. <laughs> and then Izzy is just like, go away. Go away. Please leave. Forever. Get in your car and go for all our sakes. And then I am, I would say, 94% confident that there is a Mickey Mouse keychain on that woman's keys. <laughs> we should go back and watch just to confirm. I am. I just feel very certain that there is a little baby Mickey Mouse on there. Also... How did Izzy not kick her out after the first heinous thing that she's saying? She's yeah, clearly she says not a helping. lot of things, and Izzy's just trying to say, "Oh, maybe just calm down." Oh, and then finally she tells her to get out, and then he almost dies, and then the girl says, "You did that on purpose," and it's just psychotic. <laughs> that is, those people should not. It's I again. I go back and forth, and those people should not be together. I'm like, maybe they should because they're both just terrible. Maybe they they've earned each other in some sort of yeah. That's I don't want to inflict either life. of them on other people. So, nope. although while we're on this, we'll go ahead and take a small break for uh, everyone's favorite segment: living in Shondaland. Living in Shondaland. So excellent, by the way. Thank you so much. I love that. Thank you. Thank um, you. That we only had one this episode. Interesting. Really enough, yes, and it was Athena, the terrible girl with the keys guy. Oh yeah. And her name in real life is Ever Caradine. So what a name. And she was in an episode of Private Practice. And that's all. Nice. Small one. Small small one for this episode. But still still important because important, it's yes. it's a segment that people look forward to and people need to know. Uh it's important. Also, in in the spirit of uh actors, so I, I knew I recognized the guy who played Digby. Mm-hmm. I couldn't remember from where, so I had to pause and do an IMDb search. And where did you recognize him from? Well, uh, so his name is Russell Hornsby. Okay, mm-hmm. He's done a lot of small things, uh, but I recognized him as uh, a character, recurring character in the show Suits. Ah, one uh, of your favorites. Yes, he is the ex-husband of Jessica Pearson, and he plays... Uh, a businessman slash entrepreneur that suffers from ALS. Ah. So, yeah. I just wanted to bring that back up. I had written that down and I wanted to share that. And I thought uh, Living in Shondaland was a good uh, time to, to bring up another I agree. actor crossover. I agree. Okay. Now, so where back were we? Um, okay, so this is when 
Bailey and Meredith are walking to go into the co-ed locker room. Um, and Meredith and Bailey are talking about the hoops and whatever. And Bailey, it does seem to me like she's letting up a little bit because she says that she's going to make Meredith go talk to the people with the stuff still in her hair. And then she kind of laughs it off and it's like, no, go shower first. Um, so she has, she's a little bit still harping on it, but she's also a little bit coming around and understanding that maybe she's having too much of a reaction. So, um, and then that's when she goes into the, uh, locker room and everyone tells her she smells and you have a a note to share. Yes. So I had to turn the subtitles on this one because I thought there's no way that Izzy would have said what I thought she said. Uh, because she walks in, she said, oh, that stinks. And then Christina goes, oh, you smell like, and then Izzy goes, she says karma, but I would have put money on her saying cum. I thought she said, you smell like cum. Ew. Yes. That's why I was like, okay, that, that can't be true because this was inside of someone. This was like pus. It was, yeah, it was the abscess around the staple in her stomach that was infected that exploded. Yeah. Yeah. So it was not semen. Well, yes, but that's what I'm saying. (laughs) Correct. (laughs) So I had to turn the subtitles on because I listened to it three times and I couldn't hear what she said. So I had to turn the subtitles on. But yeah, karma. Anyways, Um, I wrote note. Izzy is being eye roll emoji. (laughs) Yeah, she is. And so Bailey sends Christina off to go do the surgery with dr shepherd but and not not after izzy was a like an actual a-hole in front yeah, of dr bailey right so izzy dr bailey comes back in and says oh that um you know dr shepherd needs someone uh christina tries to go bailey says no you need to go home i don't remember why she didn't send izzy I don't think there was. Well, she just she, goes, she, she's like, oh, Meredith, which is weird. It is weird that she did that because A, Meredith has the gunk on her hair and B, Bailey's the one that's constantly like trying to keep them apart. Unless so, it was Bailey's way of, because you, you, like you said, you just come across a scene where she's trying to be nice. Right. Maybe that's Bailey's way of telling Meredith like, hey, I'm we're good. It. Yeah. You know? Potentially. But, Maybe, but then Izzy's like, oh, fuck you. <laughs> yeah, right. And right in front of Bailey, I'm like, you're going to go on and on about this girl being unprofessional, and you're going to have this very dramatic high school meltdown in front of your superior. That's not that much better. No. Worse. So, yeah. Maybe. Everyone no, they, they just both. calm down. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we get that, and then Bailey says, looks like I'm not the only one with hoops. Yeah. Um, but I do think in that moment she kind of not necessarily feels bad for Meredith, but is not on Izzy's side. Cause again, I think Izzy reacts poorly and Bailey is also not, a, not a fan of the drama and the yelling. Cause that's not what she wants to be doing with her time. No, not at all. And then we have, uh, th- so that scene, obviously you go to Christina in the room mm-hmm. and she for sure smells that alcohol. Yeah, instantly. And well, and she looks at George. And, well, yeah. because, and George earlier, I did, we did, forgot to mention this when they're at the coffee car, asked about that anesthesiologist. Right. And is like, do you think he drinks at work? And then just kind of shrugs it off. Um. So, yeah, she's looking at George. She's trying to figure out what happened. Then we go, Meredith is telling the parents what happened. And the dad finally tells Tina to shut up. Thank God. Loved Thank that. God. Shut up, Tina, you dumb hoe. Dumb hoe, Tina. What a rude lady. Mike, which is and a bad parent. Yeah, it's not even that she's rude, right? Like she's just not yeah. good at any like there was not one redeeming quality that you see in that entire episode of her. Yeah, truly. She never has empathy. She never uh, everything is just a, another thing for her to tear her kid down. Just not good. It's not good. No. Anyways, so then we go to Digby. Digby. He's having a rough time. Doesn't look great. Uh, his tattoo of a spider is quite literally crawling off of his skin. Yeah. Because it's infected and it looks gross. That is uh, the reason that I will not get a tattoo. Well, I have two and none of them did that because I don't also get shot after I have tattoos. Ah, oh, right, right, right. Totally. That's, <laughs> also, that's, even if that's I had gotten shot after getting a tattoo, I would immediately disclose that information to my doctors. 
Well, yeah, you would one would think, but he, the way he made it sound is that it was it was infected already. Yeah, and he so, didn't tell them because yeah. you know, oh, I didn't want to complain about a little bit of pain. Okay, that's not what you're doing. You're just giving a medical history so that you don't die. Which spoiler <laughs> alert <laughs> oh, <no>. happens. <laughs> um, but before that, we go back to the baby surgery. Yes, and this is when the waking up happens, and Ugh. it's really bad, and it was I very upsetting it. to watch. I was really stressed out, and I knew again, I knew she didn't die, but I was just like, "Is this a is this a joke?" I would, I was ready to fight that fictional doctor. <laughs> well, so here's the thing. So I, uh, th- again, one of my biggest fears, I I wasn't understanding at first because when it, it looked like it was, um, uh, he was looking through the glasses, right. It looked kind of blurry as if he yeah. was falling asleep oh, because, no. because of how tired he was. But then I start seeing that the girl move and I was like, wait, hold on a second. And then he says she's waking up. I paused because I literally said, I, I think I typed out, oh, my fuck. Oh, shit. He is asleep. Oh, my gosh. Oh, no, fuck. All caps. Yeah. And Christina is trying to figure out what's happening. And she says he's asleep. Then Shepard has to yell so many times. Like, like three or four times and like very at the top of his lungs. And that man is, I don't know, four feet away from him. And this is when he does step up and do the right thing. You know, obviously they get the girl back under. Um, and then he's immediately gets him out of there and tells a nurse to get a new anesthesiologist in and tells him to just go away until he can get his shit together, basically. Yeah. Um, that was so bad. It was it was terrible to watch. It was so upsetting to watch. And honestly, that was the most... if it had been an adult, I would have been like, wow, that's a shitty doctor. But I would not have been as upset as I was. No. Which I think was... is the point. The, but, okay. Anesthesiologist, right? Screws up any, any surgery. You're in pain. Girl starts moving in the middle of a surgery where they're taking half of her brain out. Yeah. What? No, yep. that dude's got to get fired. He's, he, I, I hope I never see him again. Don't spoil it for me. I just hope I never see him again. Okay. Um, so then we go back to Digby and Alex. Uh, it's not looking good. Digby having a hard time. Burke and Alex are working on him. Then we cut back really quickly to uh, the end of the surgery. And Derek, like signals to George to come around so he can talk to him. And I really like this moment because I think it, it makes Derek more likable because he's going out of his way to apologize to George and be like, you did the right thing. I didn't because of this quote unquote code that doctors have to like not question anything. And you were right to st- to say something and you know, you were a better man and I should have been, been a better doctor today. And I I just thought that was a nice moment. Even, you know, whatever other scenario aside, I just think professionally, that's a, that's a very good, good look. Yeah. Well, and then, but in the beginning of the moment, George is like definitely being ungracious, right? Like, well, well, because I think he thinks he's going to get in trouble still. Right. But even if that's the case, like, oh, I got it. I screwed up. And then walks away. Like you're like, your boss is still talking to you first. Like, but also like you're being a childish little punk. Like grow up. In my opinion, it's just this again. This is not a good episode for George, but yeah. to your point, I I like, and again, George is even kind of ungracious when he's like, "Yeah, accept my handshake," because also now, yes, Derek knows that George knows that Derek knows that George knows, right? <laughs> about them and him and Meredith, right? And he just says, "You saw me leaving the house this morning," and she goes, oh, was that you? <laughs> yeah smooth um i do again i like the moment gets addressed he says i'm not using her i'm not trying to take advantage i care about her she's and then george says she's pretty great or whatever dumb shit he says and derek says i know and it's just it's not gonna smooth it over because george is in love with meredith and it's dumb but uh i do think it makes it easier to for George to understand that there's more there than maybe he is accepting. Well, yeah. And then we find out that Meredith and Izzy obviously have that talk towards the end of the episode yeah. as well in, in a few moments. Yeah. Uh, I will say, so before that happens, so is there anything that I skip if I jump right to the conversation where they're at the house and they're, they're talking while they're making cake? 
Yes, several things because you skip Dig. They cut back to Digby and he actually dies. Digby dies. Right. Sorry, that which note is, for some reason I had after this. That's my fault. Um, which is bad and sad. And but I did write that I think, truly, I think that Digby dying is the writers trying to make us as an audience like come around on Alex altogether because you don't have a lot of bad things with Alex in this episode and specifically him and and this patient really have a good connection. We learn more backstory about Alex and to see him lose that is kind of a bummer. And it's kind of the first moment you really feel bad for Alex um, to this level. And it's sad. You know, he even says he's the first guy I met out here from my home and there was just a lot of connection and it just, it was a bummer. And, uh, but yeah, I do think that that, that was kind of them saying, okay, we can't make everyone hate this guy anymore. He started getting death threats. We should tone it back. Yeah, exactly. And then Meredith tells Claire that she called social services, Mm -hmm, which mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I understand, but I'm honestly who she should have called was a psychiatrist. Like that girl and her mother both need therapy separately and together because that, I just think that's going to help a lot more than social services is. And also, then it's unresolved. That's just it. Oh, I called social services. That's a lot to put on a family. That's not going to be great. And then they just never address it. It's, you know, it's uh, it's something, though, right? Like, clearly there's some sort of child abuse, emotional yeah. child abuse here. So, I don't know. I, I like that she did it. I, I will say, you know, if, the, if social services comes in and then they find, hey, we're going to recommend you do some therapy at least some resolution comes from it, but yeah. maybe they need that push where it's a state mandate, or maybe there's a, a procedure where if you call social services, they have to mandate a therapy session amount. I don't know. That's a lot for us to assume. Um, yeah, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully good things came from it. She's 17. It's not like a huge deal. She'll be 18 soon, I'm sure. And you know, whatever, but she needs therapy to undo all the terrible things her mother did to her. And then her mother needs therapy to learn to not be a shit person. The husband's going to need therapy, too. Yeah, probably. Um, okay, so then we're we're at the conversation with Izzy and Meredith. So I liked that. I liked I that conversation. I, it's the first time that anyone really calls out Meredith and is like, yo, you had your entire life handed you on a silver spoon. You I'm are a fucking tr- privileged. Yeah, yeah. I'm a trailer park girl who literally she posed in her underwear to get herself through school. Like I got that made me like Izzy a lot more regardless of if she was right or wrong. Like, like not giving Meredith the courtesy to say, do you want to hear the story about how I slept with this guy who turned out to be my boss? No. Well, okay. That's on you, you, Izzy. Yeah. But it, it made me respect Izzy a lot more knowing that she came from nothing and I, it makes me want to see her find more success in this show as it goes on. Yeah. The insight into Izzy's background is great. I really like, I appreciate that. And, um, I, it also, when you go back and look at the whole episode with that mindset, it, it makes more sense that that is where her anger is coming from and not just, Oh, I don't like what you're doing. Um, I, I do think there's more validity to her annoyance at the situation if she sees it like that. Um, and I, yeah, I like just, they just got to drop it in. You know, it's not this sob story. It's just, I, I grew up in a trailer park. I had to put myself through medical school. Um, you know, when people, when I walk into an OR, people hope I'm the nurse. So it's just a little bit more of a different perspective um, about being in the medical field and being a female in the medical field. And then even being in a female in the medical field, how that can differ from other females in medical fields. So it's just an interesting take on it. And I, I do really like the conversation. And then obviously they get into the, Oh, you're falling for him. Oh my God, you have feelings. You're not a robot, blah, 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 which is also a nice moment. But and it also they're really enough the to ground. then make it. Okay. Yeah, that's, it's like, true. But I think it's more very... about, just the connection between the two of them and then just kind of the understanding and, you know, up to this point, I think we, we can assume that Izzy does think it's been a one night stand or, you know, she doesn't have all, again, she doesn't have all the information. So for her to learn, Oh, they are in a actual relationship. She has feelings for him. 
um, you know, we, it wasn't the plan, but this is where we are. And what I also like is Meredith doesn't really fight back. She's not really defending the fact that she's privileged. She has um, a leg up in the field already because of who her mother was, blah, 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 all this stuff. I like that she just like sits with it and she doesn't really argue and she hears Izzy out and then she does again she doesn't try and defend what she's doing and that's when Izzy puts it together that she actually has feelings for Derek I think sometimes you just need to say the shit that you want to say and not have someone argue with you and whether that's right or wrong I think that's kind of what happened here it's yes I agree but at least in that moment it wasn't like Izzy was just throwing daggers with her words, right? It was, right. I'm I'm upset at you because of your privilege. It wasn't, you are a garbage person. You don't even deserve these because you're not good at your job. Like, she didn't go down this rabbit hole of being mean just to be mean, right? So I respect that point of view from Izzy. I also, the, where the, the he, you're, you're falling for him conversation yeah. felt very much the butler convincing... Uh, 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 Osborne in Spider-Man 3 that, no, you should be helping Spider-Man. I saw the stuff that your dad went through in episode one, right? <laughs> like, it felt very... Spoiler, by the way, if you haven't seen the <laughs> Toby, Toby Maguire's Spider-Mans, I'm sorry. Um, but it felt very much like, okay, you're going to give this just an easy way out. But all in all, the point of what I'm trying to say is if Izzy is jealous about having sex, I'd be happy to give it for her because I care about her character development. That's what I'm trying to say. Maybe you're missing the point, but it's fine. <laughs> no, um, obviously I'm just kidding. Um, uh, but yeah, no, my, I just think it's a good insight and in, in a good insight into, cause they're not, you know, they're not best friends. Obviously Christina and Meredith have a bond and Izzy and Meredith have a different bond, but they're not, you know, besties. They're very different people. Meredith's maybe a little more, uh, withheld and yeah. he's very bubbly outgoing positive whatever and so it's just nice when they have that connection um and that relationship and also this sets up izzy bakes a lot and that is like a through line throughout the entire series so this is one of the first times we see it so fun note to it, that it's it's also i'm glad you bring that up because initially when christina said that i actually thought she meant pot no <laughs> She means baked goods. Right, right. I get that now, which <laughs> right. makes me like Izzy's character even more because of my weakness to baked goods. Sweet, so yes. uh, not only am I in love with her because that she's Katherine Heigl, but also she bakes like and she does stuff out by the dumpsters for people who get hurt with <laughs> uninsured people like she's the best. <laughs> <laughs> what a what a lady. Um, OK, uh, and no. then we end. Take the us ending. to the last scene. Yeah, the take ending. It away. We see Burke taking what I assume is maybe some soup and crackers into the odd call room to look for Christina. And you say, Oh, that's so nice. He's trying to take care of her. Oh, where is she? Oh, she's in the bathroom. She must be throwing up. Oh no, no. She's taking a pregnancy test. Oh, multiple pregnancy tests. Oh no. So glad they showed us that condom two episodes ago. <laughs> I know. I just was thinking that. What? Why so, make the what point? What was your reaction? They, they for sure, they, they that was a planned misdirect. Like yeah. 100%. Or there's another guy that they're not showing us. <laughs> like, I had a lot of feelings with that last scene. What were because they? Because I, no, I, I'm saying I went back because I'm like, they, li we literally, we spent five minutes talking about, they, they wrote into the scene yep. the condom. Yep. So they're, they're one, either they're misdirecting <laughs> us or two, there's another man. And then I thought three, what are the chances that it's George's? So, uh, or anyways. maybe he just apparently has potent condom fighting sperm, which, which some men do. Um, I, I, my other, my other thought was there's no way it, it's, it's going to be a false positive or she's going to miscarry and that's going to be a whole episode about it or something, but there's no way that they make someone pregnant this early onto the show. And it's early. It's the seventh season. I mean, the seventh, seventh episode. episode of the first season. That's, the that's quick. Yeah, so there's no way that that's gonna stick, and if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, and then I'm then I'm you know then I'm shocked. But uh, I, there was there was no way, and I thought, okay, well, what if they're writing her off with getting her pregnant? But I thought, oh wait, no, she's Kelsey's favorite character. Yeah, she's gonna be here forever. So uh, she's not going anywhere. 
So yeah, that's uh that's that's a bit of a cliffhanger. Maybe maybe the biggest cliffhanger we've had so far. Yeah, the only thing closer than that would be literally when they had sex the first time. Yes, at the that end was of that also that was also a cliffhanger. Uh, so, what were your thoughts? Uh, Actually, don't share them because that's you're going to give away <laughs> everything because you don't have any thoughts on that. But I have no thoughts. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, do you remember the first time you watched that scene? Um, I don't. This season is hard because I came in in a really, and when we get to the episode, the first episode I ever saw, I'll note it. But it's in the third season. Like I had seen an episode and then gone back and watched everything. So I had kind of known a little more information prior. So it's kind of weird how I got into it. I don't remember this specifically. I mean, I remember this plot line. I don't remember this episode specifically seeing this for the first time. Um, so yeah, it's a cliffhanger. That's for sure. It is a cliffhanger. Also this episode of you and me ending this podcast is a cliffhanger too. Cliffhanger. Well, we have to rate it. <laughs> um, <laughs> you find out in the next one. No, I'm kidding. Uh, Enough, I'm my giving... rating is end of episode. <laughs> um, I am giving this episode a resident. Wait, yep. resident. A three out of five. Yes, same. Three out of five. Same Z's. It it would have maybe been higher. Because of the way that they're making you like Alex and the backstory on Izzy, if a couple of things. One, if George didn't suck so much in this episode. Yeah. And if uh, that annoying couple with the key thing didn't exist. That was my also, least favorite Izzy part of Also, Izzy was really annoying for a lot of the episode up until the she end. Was. She, she was. She was being a very, very high schooly. And I, again, I understand that the explanation at the end makes me look at it different. But getting through there is is frustrating to watch. It's annoying. Um also, there wasn't a lot of Meredith Christina time, which is my favorite time. So it loses points for me because we don't get that. Um, so, yeah, overall, fine. Not bad, for sure. Middle of the road. Right down the middle. I'm into it. Exactly. Exactly down the middle. It's important. Obviously, it's a very important episode at the very end. Um, and it's important because now we know that George and Izzy know about Derek and Meredith. So, And this is the last episode before the season finale, correct? No, there's nine episodes. So nine episodes. Next episode and then the finale. I'm I'm just predicting that there's going to be a bigger cliffhanger in episode eight. I can feel it. In episode eight, but not yeah. episode nine. There's the going to be a huge cliffhanger in episode <laughs> nine, but the biggest but a cliffhanger. Big cliffhanger today. in episode eight. Yeah, big cliffhanger episode eight. Anyways, okay. well, ha- have a good. We'll week. have to we'll have to find out. So next, everyone next time. watch out episode eight and we will also watch episode eight and then we will come back here and talk about it again. Yeah. And next next time we record this podcast and you guys hear us talking, I might be a dad. So, you know, whatever. It's true. Who knows? We'll update you when we have it and when we have that information. Actually, um, I'm going to go ahead and just open this up just in case we don't have an episode <laughs> next week. Uh, we, we can't. Not that yeah. we don't want to. We can't. So we'll, yeah, you if know. there's not one, um, assume that's the reason. Yeah, but uh, we'll we'll put something out to make sure you guys have some content, some fire uh, content. But thank you for listening. Um, follow us on the Instagram. Uh, if you have medical information, please share with us uh, on our email account, grazeacademypod at gmail.com. Tell your friends, tell your coworkers, tell your loved ones to listen, share, 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 share. Please, please, please. Um, thank you so much for hanging out and watching and listening with us. Um, and we will... Talk to you guys soon. And no spoilies.